What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. We can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. Nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. We look to the future but embrace our past. We study. We analyze. We race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. Through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection, we learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
25 Moro here from Grunball. Kingsley does that five sideways. Brian, the game is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures, Traction MXC Covers, and Moto Ice Wrap. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Wheels. Wheels, how's it going? What's going on, man? I'm good. How are you? Hey, not too bad, not too bad whatsoever. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, and you are a repeat offender. Having you on once again, and uh, this time I want to just talk uh, a little bit of everything. This is what's going to be called Wheels Wednesdays. We're going to have every about every three or four weeks uh, have you on to uh, talk all things moto and everything else in between um, because uh, you're too you're too much fun to talk to, guy. No, I I appreciate that. I uh, was was that a was that a warning to your fa- that to your listeners that we were going to do this every so often, or was that to to get them stoked? I, I, I don't know how to take that. More or less, just a public service announcement uh, that uh, coming to, coming down the pipe uh, on a regular basis, every three to four weeks, will be uh, 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 some podcasts where the two of us just sit down and uh, and talk moto. No different than uh, being on the on the tailgate after some motos get uh, thrown down, running through everything from uh, pop culture all the way through to uh, some stories of yesteryear and the races that just happened this past weekend. Maybe we'll even be able to do one in person at some point. Uh, uh, maybe at the, the national from Millville or something like that, but uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, what, uh, what what was your weekend like? Because uh, I know you're a super busy guy, live tweeting this, uh, posting social media stuff about that. What was it all about? Uh, the weekend was good. Just uh, hung out in the office and put up, put up some, you know, put up photos, put up all the all the race day content on pro motocross stuff, and uh, yeah. Got it done. Got a solid, got a solid team of, you know, behind me at MX Sports, and it's a, it's a team effort. We get it done, and it's a lot of work, but the races have been exciting, so it makes it easy. It makes it, makes it easier, and makes it, uh, makes it a lot more interesting, a lot more fun. That's for sure. Absolutely. Now, uh, as far as you're concerned, are you uh, a little bit disappointed that the uh, the the 125 race wasn't fully uh, uh, on TV, so that you could have live tweeted that because that was one great moto, and uh, to hear all it was about 36 125s ripping off the line for that moto, uh, I I personally am glad I was able to see it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I always like to listen and watch uh, 125s rip it up two strokes you know that's what i grew up with and stuff so yeah i mean it'd be nice to be able to to be able to watch those but i don't i don't know i don't have anything to do with how how that all works i'm just i'm just stoked to be able to watch motocross on tv in general so uh yeah 
I'm I'm good with what, what with what's offered. Yeah, that's that's not something we always always had. Like uh, you, you and I both go back to days where uh, uh, nationals, supercrosses were all on tape delay, and you had to be pretty nifty with the record button on your VCR if you wanted to be able to uh, to get to get that uh, uh, that those uh, those recordings. Because yeah, like it was, it was it was a lot more difficult to find. Now you have the the. The NBC Sports Gold app. Uh, I can watch replay live. I can rewatch. You name it, on demand. All of these motos, including archives from yesteryear, which I find is very helpful going into these nationals. That um, maybe you kind of forgot how last year's went. Maybe you kind of forget about some of the uh, the obstacles and how some of these tracks shape up. You can going into 2000 and the, the 2017 round. You can go back and watch 2015 and 16 of that same race and kind of sort out how things are going to ha- happen. Oh yeah, for sure. I I think the NBC I think the the app is pretty awesome. Uh I mean, put it this way, I was a couple weeks the weekend of the Hangtown opener, I was actually at a wedding in Colorado and I was on 8,000 feet in the air or 8,000 feet uh, on top of a mountain out in the middle of nowhere able to watch the first 250 moto on my on my iPhone. So, I mean, that that there you know that that's worth it in itself, right there. You can watch, watch rewatch, watch anytime you want from wherever you want. I, I'm sold. No kidding. Sign me up. I'm glad that I uh, flopped down the fifty bucks to uh, to make it happen. I guess that's a few more dollars Canadian, but uh, happy to pay it. Um, like. We've been treated to some amazing motos so far. 450 class featuring five different winners over six motos, I believe, and uh, and and pretty much the same goes for the for the 250s, which have seen uh, uh, all, all kinds of success throughout throughout that those motos as well. What do you pinpoint that to? Uh, in fact, yeah, we've got five moto winners in both classes. Uh, what do you pinpoint that to? As far as that, just uh, is that parity? Is that lack of depth? Is that just some random stuff going down in the first three races? Uh, I was actually thinking about that earlier today. I I think it's I think it's awesome because I think that it's that there's not one guy right now where you know the last couple of years there you know last three four five years it's been there's always been one guy and then the challenge like this is his quote rival or his points rival and his challenger and right now it's like there's not one guy there's four or five six different guys and i hope it stays this way all year like i i don't want to see somebody get on a roll and just knock off moto win after moto win i want to see more first time winners i want to see more uh you know close close battles and i mean right now is an amazing time to be a pro motocross fan i, I think i think it's awesome for sure. Like, uh, as far as if you were a brand new fan watching this series, uh, and uh, you would expect this to be happening all the time. And, uh, up until recently, that hasn't been the case. You have a lot of guys, like, heck, we've had, we've had perfect seasons in the past, three of them only in the last 17 years. Uh, that in itself is, 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 is pretty, like, is amazing. But, uh, awesome to see, um, just a, a plethora of different riders who are having distant, different amounts of success and for different reasons. It's not like some of these guys are just having stuff fall into their lap. A lot of them are racing to the front, just taking advantage of some great opportunities. Uh, when you saw, when you were tweeting about Justin Bogle in the front of this of the first 450 moto as you were live tweeting that moto, uh, could you believe what you were typing? Uh, no. I thought, it was, I thought it was awesome. No, I couldn't. I mean, no, I would have never expected for 
Vogel to to be up front and not to you know not to talk junk on him at all. It's just when you you know there's a certain group of guys that you think of being up front. And uh, no, I, I thought it was awesome. I thought it got really sketchy there at the end whenever he was uh, you know throwing some big throwing some big whips and getting all sorts of pumped and crazy. It's like well calm down, don't throw it away with a couple turns to go. <laughs> but uh, no, you know I, th- I think it's great for. You know, guys like Justin and guys like uh, Baggett, who've never won, you know, never won in 450 class before, and that, that we have new winners. I mean, like, like I said, it, it's a great time to be a pro motocross fan. It's a great time to to be, you know, in the industry as, a, as someone that is involved in motocross. And I just, I think, we're, I, I hope it stays this way as you know, as we go east and starts getting hotter and more gnarly. I hope it, hope it stays, you know, I hope it stays as is and just is awesome all the way down to Ironman. For sure. If, if it could stay this close, that would be unbelievable. Right now you've got uh, about five guys within swing distance of the of the title uh, all the way through, and, uh, and only time will tell if any of them will, do- will drop off. But great racing so far. Um, like, for those who don't already know, Wheels does a lot of the uh, the, the social media work for uh, uh, Pro Motocross, uh, RacerX, GNCC. What else, Wheels? What uh, what do you got your fingers in as far as social media wise, so people can kind of know the the at least the voice behind the 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 posts that they're seeing. Um, right now, you know, with with Pro Motocross, I I, I don't, I'm not as heavily involved with the tweeting and stuff on. Racer X, you know, we, we have Mathis who is amazing at, at doing that. So, but, uh, I do, I do all the play by play tweets for Pro Motocross. Um, you know, I, I help with put up, you know, put up content on Racer X definitely, but, you know, we have photographers that, that contribute to that as well. Like I said, it, it, it's a team effort. It's not just one person, but, uh, I, Loretta Lynn's GNCC, Pro Motocross, uh, the WMX series, just just about you know, just about anything that uh, any pro racing that's and you know that's that's going on, and including Loretta's, I I definitely am involved and work you know daily on uh, putting content out there for you know for our fans and for our riders and our families that that want to see you know what's going on, want to see their photos on our, on Instagram, and uh, yeah, just it's a, like I said, it's a team effort, but uh, just heavily involved in get in you know getting that content out for everybody. For sure, and <clears throat> you yourself, a huge motocross fan. That's why you did it in the first place. That's why all of us do it. That's how you get into the industries. You have to be a fan first. Um, but when, once you become uh, kind of within it, and you you find yourself on the other side of that velvet rope, uh, I myself uh, found a very hard time even really picking a favorite or um, like creating any real attachment to these guys because you start to talk to them as uh, as peers and as friends and, uh, and and seeing what they're dealing with and uh, what kind of advantages they have on race day. Um, do you find that for yourself as well as someone that's that's uh, uh, like you're, you're still, you're very much involved in the sport. Um, you have like a hard time having being a fan of these riders? Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, I'm a, like I said, I, I'm a fan of the sport in general. Yeah, there's so different I, there's there's different uh, attributes that I like about different riders, and there's different things that I dislike about different riders. But I mean, I think that's just the nature of people. Uh, there are definitely certain riders. Whenever I see them up front, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. 
uh, or you know that, that they have they have good style or or whatever. But yeah, there, there's a fine line between fan and professional. But at the end of the day, we're we're all fans because if we weren't, we would work nine to five jobs and wouldn't wouldn't be in the industry that we're in. Is, is the way I look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, in, until I uh, rise to the uh, to the level where you're at, where I can make that my full time job, I am a uh, I'm a nine to fiver. But uh, I myself am like, a huge fan. I man, you you got to set your aspirations and your goals higher than my level, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what well. Um... I appreciate that, but uh, I, 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 you're, you're still a little bit further up the ladder than I am right now. Uh, but uh, I, I myself, I just find like I, I'm a huge fan of the sport. I love the battles. I just uh, and I obviously there's a there's a couple of guys that I like. I, I just cheer for. Um, for underdogs to do better, or <clears throat> than they're they're kind of uh, they're built to do, or I, I just I cheer guys that are expected to win. I'm ex- I, I cheer them to to do what they're supposed to do. I want to see the best athletes be the best athletes. I don't want to see um, the the best rider on the field go down the first corner and then just never be able to get make it to the front. So uh, that's those are the times the things that I cheer for that that I that I love within the sport gets me excited. But uh, as far as who's crossed the finish line uh, in in the first place position does does not uh, uh, kind of have any bearing on me. I just I, I don't I for whatever reason haven't been able to pick a guy ever since uh, my favorite guy uh, Ricky Ricky Carmichael stopped racing. So I guess that's uh, a good ten years now. I just like to see good racing. I guess that's a bit of a cop out for some people, but uh, I I just love it. Um, <clears throat> You'd mentioned you were in Colorado wheels. What was that for? Uh, I was actually I was actually in a wedding. One of my really good friends from college, like probably my one of my only non motocross friends, and my best and you know, one of my best non racing friends got married, and I took my actually took my first ever plane ride. It, it was uh, every every time I travel, it seems to be some kind of it, it, it's it's an adventure and an experience. So I was a little bit sketched out on getting on an airplane and flying by myself, but I did it. I showed up to the airport. I let them throw me in one of those human hand cart things and drag my ass on the plane, throw me over in a chair, and I bounced my foot off the the ground the whole off the seat the whole time because I was sketched out. But once we landed, you know, I, I was good to go. Uh, I thought once, you know, I thought once I got off the airplane, the sketchy part was over. It turns out when you have to rely on public transportation, cab drivers are sketch. I got loaded up in the back of this Ford Transit van. They locked my chair into place, but the seatbelt for me to wear was broken, so I had to hold on to that. Uh, it was snowing that day, so, you know, Colorado snowstorms are, oh, I don't have to tell you. You're from Canada. I'm sure you understand. Uh, All about it, and, to, to make matters worse, the guy was talking or was watching YouTube videos on his iPhone the whole time. So, uh, yeah, it, it was it was an adventure. But I I can finally say that I that I've been on an airplane. I can't say that I'm excited or in a hurry to ever fly again. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm just that, that that's what I was doing in Colorado. I, I kind of digressed there a little bit, but yeah, that's that's. That's the nature of wheels. Whenever you whenever you travel, there's always there's, a, there's always something to, something that's going to go on. <laughs> well, I imagine at this point you are awfully good at uh, rolling with the punches, and that's not a pun, or maybe it is. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> you saw, saw bullshit, me that. Yes, it was. 
uh, but, but in all in all seriousness, like the uh, like you you deal with uh, different uh, obstacles every single day, and uh, at this point, you got to be pretty good at troubleshooting as far as uh, uh, just getting through something, uh, things not being exactly how they need to be. Because uh, let, let, let's be honest, there's just there's certain things that uh, that like uh, would be a hurdle for you that uh, that wouldn't be for others. Well, absolutely. I mean, I, as sketched out as I was about, you know, getting on an airplane and having them help me from one chair to the other, my, my mindset was, you know what? At least if they drop me, I'll get I'll get some free flights, or you know, uh, they'll cut me a check out of the deal. So there's a silver lining there. Like, I guess if, I guess if they drop me, that's okay. I'll, I'll get a payday out of it. There you go, man. Well, uh, like, l- let's talk a little bit of moto. What's the local scene like where you live? Uh, do you go to a lot of local races? Uh, do you do you see? Is there a lot of practice tracks? Uh, and have you seen it a little bit of? of uh, is it is it a healthy scene? Like uh, I find locally, our scene is uh, is getting better, but uh, definitely over the last three years, definitely struggled with uh, well, any number of things. But just like not the numbers that you'd seen in, in previous years. Uh, the the motocross scene around you know around the St. Louis area is pretty pretty good. There's a there's a couple pretty good series that that run you know all summer, and then there's you know there's some top amateur kids that come out of the Illinois Missouri area. Uh, I don't really get to go to a lot of uh, local races anymore. I, I mean I stay pretty busy with the nationals and with GNCCs and with Loretta's, but, uh, whenever I have time, I definitely, there are definitely, you know, a select few tracks that I'm like, Oh, I would really like to go there this weekend and hang out, you know, with the, with the friends that I do have from local racing. Some of the best people that I, you know, that, uh, some of the best people that I know are, are, you know, are from my local, you know, the local series around here. And uh, it's always good to be able to go back and hang out with those guys that that I haven't got to see in a while and uh, that I consider, you know, not just friends, but family friends. So, yeah, the, the motocross scene here, is, it's not bad. I mean, it's not what it was whenever I was racing. You know, there's not full, you know, 40 rider gates at local races like there, like there used to be, but I'm not sure that that'll ever happen again. You know, that's just kind of the nature of, where the sport's at. Um, but it, it's good. I, I have, you know, everybody, everybody has certain tracks that they don't like or certain, you know, people that they're just as soon avoid, but all in all, I, I don't have anything bad to say about the local, uh, St. Louis series, you know, motocross area. Yeah, it just seemed like when when we were growing up, and uh, we're we're very similar in age. It just seemed like uh, there were, like, especially locally, and I know even even more so in the states. Like uh, there were more events, there were more practice days, or more tracks that would just leave themselves open to practice days, so that any time you wanted to go ride, you could. I guess legal stuff nowadays doesn't allow that to happen. But uh, yeah, like I, I remember qualifiers in at least four or five classes, and I haven't seen a qualifier. Uh, just to make a main event, like a 40-man main, main event for the afternoon in, oh, it's got to be four or five years, man. And, and that's, um, like, that means there's a lot less motorcycles out on the track. So uh, that's, it's kind of sad to see. Yeah, but, you know, in, in the other sense, I don't know that 
there might be necessarily less, and I could be way wrong. I don't know. There could be, you know, there's less people who race, but I think there's as many people who ride as ever. If you go to like your local, okay. you know, well, you know, off-road park or wherever, or your, uh, you know, to ride in the trails or you know tracks that don't necessarily have races, but they're just for you know for people who want to ride. I think. I think I think dirt bike riding in general is as prominent as ever. I just think that it costs a lot to race, and if you want to be competitive, there's a lot of things you have to do. And then, you know, a lot of kids hang out at and live at training facilities and stuff like that. But so I think that cuts down on the the turnout as far as because it used to be if you want to be fast, you raced on the weekends. Now, if you want to be fast, you go to a training facility. But yeah. I think. I think dirt bike riding in general is still, I, I think if, I think it's at least around here. I, I know there are multiple off-road places where you can go ride in the trails or ride in the sand or, you know, tracks that are open to just go and ride on a Thursday afternoon or, or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I, I've never been to Canada. I would like to see what it, what it's like. Maybe I can, come to a Canadian national sometime, but I think yeah, at least here where I live, you know, in the St. Louis, central Illinois area, I think that dirt bike riding is as popular as ever. I know I'm, whenever I drive through town, I, I always see, you know, people I don't know, but they got dirt bikes in the back of their, you know, back of their truck at the gas station filling up to go ride somewhere. So I think that's cool. That it is. Um, I, I totally agree. I think uh, there's there's definitely – I think there in, in general, there are less people at, in, in riding in, in general, but I think that there has been more of an influx in people who maybe not race, but they definitely do still ride. Uh, so maybe that, that would more contribute to uh, the lack of people on the gate, but then when you go to a practice day, still tons of people and whatnot. So uh, I, I think you're, you're, you're definitely in the ballpark there. Um, <clears throat> and honestly – off-road has taken a huge step forward like um 15 years ago if someone you saw you saw a guy with bark busters on their bike and a green front number plate you'd be like what like what is this guy even doing that's a waste of a motorcycle and uh and now honestly there's almost like a a mutual respect between moto and off-road and uh, it's just a totally different skill set different way of racing the motorcycles but the and and like off-road bikes are not as uh like they're not clunky heavy four strokes that they were in uh, in the early 90s they're uh they're basically uh a different sprung uh a little bit differently appointed uh motocross bike and they're they're very capable and it maybe has a light on it but uh, that's the only thing that really makes it resemble uh, uh, an off-road bike from uh, from 15 20 years ago so um, definitely uh, uh, more of that and I think that's good to see because uh, in general people being on the bikes is good for the sport like top from the top all the way down no I, I mean absolutely if it wasn't for the you know the average guys that just go out and ride where I've said it multiple times and I, I continue to say it that if it wasn't for the guys who, you know, that we laugh at in the monster hats and, you know, the rock star hats and the fox jerseys and the mismatched gear out riding on the weekends. Like, if it wasn't for those guys, then, like, we don't have a sport. So we, we laugh at them, and it's funny, but at the end of the day, like, those are the guys in the shops buying the oil and buying the bikes and buying the plastics and keep helping keep our, you know, help keep our, our sport growing. 
Absolutely, my man. Couldn't agree more. We're going to head to commercial break real quick here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. But when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, some, some motocross video games as well as uh, an exciting event that's coming to my hometown this next weekend. Uh, we'll be right back on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate JustifiedCultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at JustifiedCultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off on the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. 
And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose. They just build amazing products. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between, Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone work is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today. And never settle. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing. With us on the line still is Jason Wheels. He goes by the name Wheels, and that's basically because we're talking moto. That's that's who he is. Wheels is on the line with us, and we're we're happy to do so. Wheels. Before we get into the the most most recently released motocross game that I, I'm willing to bet neither of us have played just yet, uh, let's let's dive back into yesteryear and talk about uh, the first motocross game either one of us ever uh, ever played. I'll let you uh, take take the first at bat with that one. Um, man, 
Supercross Circuit, probably, on PS1. I mean, everybody okay, had yeah. that game. That, that game was awesome. Uh, Motocross Madness for the uh, for a computer. That game was that game was sweet. I used to play that a lot. Motocross Madness Two was actually better. Um, and then obviously the MX Race TV series came out with uh, MX Unleashed. Um, but even before that, I played a lot of uh, the Jeremy McGrath. Uh, you know his his motocross game. Uh, championship. Championship motocross featuring Ricky Carmichael, and I like like this talk last time. If there's if there's if there's a motocross game, odds are I've probably played it. That said, I actually don't even own an Xbox anymore. I I I I sold it. I don't don't have time to play to play games really. So I I somebody somebody around here was looking for one, and I'm like I I got just what you need. So I got rid of my Xbox, but uh, I definitely. Definitely am interested in playing, you know, playing some video games. That's for sure. But I just, man, it's it's hard to, it's hard to disconnect and to to do that kind of stuff. Whenever I feel like if I'm if I'm at home, I should be working, or if I'm doing this, I should be working. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I guess that's I guess that's called maturing and growing up. <laughs> I think so. Spoken like a, a young entrepreneurial uh, workaholic, as they might say. Um, yeah, totally agree. Haven't uh, picked up a video game controller in about six months, and probably the last thing that was in there was. Uh, um, it's it's probably uh, the, the the Supercross on, uh, Encore game, but. Uh, um, uh, for me, the first one was MX Superfly, which I'm holding in my hand right now. Wheels, I picked it up, and we're going to have to get that thing uh, squared away for, for Millville. But uh, I played that game over and over and over again. And the funny thing about video games with me was is that my dad never wanted me to get into, into uh, like, playing them a lot or getting addicted to them or whatever or just, like, just like, relying on them. So he never would buy me a memory card for my PlayStation 2, so every time I turned the machine off, it would go back to the start of the video game as far as that one was concerned, so you like had like none of the, none of the cool bikes, none of the cool gear, um, so uh, it, it didn't give me incentive to want to keep playing it all the time, so uh, yeah, yeah like every they... time I, I turned my PS2 on, I'd have to reboot that game, so honestly, even if uh, I'm unpracticed to this game, when we, we meet up in Millville, I'm probably going to smoke you, man. Yeah, probably so. But uh, um, you know, we don't need a memory card. If you if, if you remember Cheat Shark or CheatCode.com. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just get, that's how you used to unlock all the cool gears. You just look it up on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think I was tech savvy enough back in the day to uh, to get that figured up. The only thing that I was looking up on my laptop at that point, or my parents' uh, computer at that point, was probably crashing the computer later that month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, let's keep it. Let's keep it PG thirteen for the kids, huh? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, in all, in all seriousness, I think uh, s- some games are better than others, um, and I think if you were to to make a, a a uh, kind of a pile of maybe not the greatest motocross games, and uh, there's been some real bad ones out there. But the ones that are playable but still pretty bad, I, I'd say it's it's a deadlock tie between. There was that uh, Travis Pastrana, Jeremy McGrath game, where like there was like it was like there was a track in a canyon and another one. That one was bad. And then uh, the other one is, uh, although not really much of a motocross game, but uh, Freak Style uh, from uh, from 
uh, EA Sports Big. That I was not a big fan of that uh, that game. Did you ever play ATV Off Road Fury? I used to play that game all the time. The yeah. ATV game, you get the you get the 250 EXs and the little Kawasaki like Bayou or whatever they are, the little little 250 ones, and put it mm-hmm. on. Uh, Put it on all time and then just go out and destroy everybody. It, that, that was always that was always fun to do. That- oh, for sure. I think my favorite personally was, uh, and honestly, I also had a really good playlist. Was MX Unleashed, the original with uh, James Stewart on a two-stroke. I think that's a five, I believe. And for whatever reason, I was on rails on that track on the, on those bikes. I, I I loved that one. It like it had the it had a ghost mode so that you could just instead of uh, racing the competition that never would really even push you, uh, even if it was on all time, uh, you could race yourself, which was like you're like you're damn near perfect every single lap, but then you'd just be killing yourself to try and beat your best lap over and over and over and over again. Uh, that was addicting. Probably spent way too much time uh, in side on a sunny day doing that yeah i i I think my favorite well obviously my favorite would be reflex that game was amazing but my favorite like ps2 game had to be not mx uh unleashed but the the second one the one that came out after that was was a mx versus atv unleashed or mx unleashed 2 or what it was called the day there was a track that you started like up in the bleachers or like up in the stands right 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 yeah, like a hundred yard drop, and then I don't know. I always like to like just see how preload the shit out of that and to jump the whole rhythm. That whole rhythm lane afterwards was fun. It was always fun to like learn how like the glitches, how you could jump like eight deep into the loop section or something. Oh yeah, like yeah, I just really have so many. Like I, I I need to get that game back or something like that. Or I guess like it was on a it was on that game I believe was on. PS2, maybe it was on yeah. Xbox. I, 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 I might have to just buy myself a PS2 so I can play all the games I used to play, um, or, or maybe like fi- figure something out because like the the only games I like are the ones from uh, a million years ago. Uh, even like I wasn't a, even a huge fan of that uh, MXGP game. Tra- like the the original one, I haven't played the second one, but the 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 first one, I just found like like I couldn't ride hard without falling, and the whips were brutal. So over over, those are the two things that I I liked most about motocross video games. I couldn't do either one of them. Did you did you play either one of those games? Uh, actually, the MXGP game, I found a glitch where you could whip really good. You would you would just have to like wheelie up the face until almost the point of looping out, and then throw it really hard. But uh, geez, I played way too many video games before I got a real job. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's all part of of, uh, of falling in love with it, man. Uh, um, just just knowing way too much about the sport, being addicted to the point where you're you're playing all these games and you're you're uh, just filling your filling your filling the that void of motocross when you can't be riding. Obviously, being up in Canada, I can't ride between the months of November and you, and sometimes even early May. July. So uh, it's yeah, if, well, uh, I wouldn't say July, but uh, uh, it's usually, we're usually able to, to ride sand tracks in April uh, and uh, and ride compacted dirt by by may but uh, otherwise snow mud grossness and uh just uh some temperatures you wouldn't want to be out in but uh like i'm a huge fan of them have you like obviously like uh it it just came out have you been able to play uh uh the mxgp3 or uh uh, like is that uh, is that in the uh, in the plans at all 
No, probably not. Like I said, I, I don't, I don't have an Xbox anymore. I don't, I don't know. I just kind of, kind of out, uh, outgrown that phase, I guess. But I am looking forward to kicking your ass at Millville, so that that'll be fun. Just don't ask me to play like Call of Duty or any no, game that I'm involves, so bad. Like, no, like I do not have the attention span to no. like. By the time I figure out where the guy is shooting from, like I've already been killed like nine times. I'm like, oh, for this sure. is not fun. And they're mostly, they're usually like a nine-year-old kid who is like, they're like the best ever, or they're like 45 and have no life. It's it's just weird. Yeah, there's only one way you get good at those games, and it's by uh, basically throwing your life away on them. And uh, yeah, first-person shooter games, I don't care if it's Halo, I don't care if it's Goldeneye, I don't care if it's uh, Call of Duty, I am absolutely brutal at them. I can't play them. I get Like, like you said, I get killed long before. I'm not even really all that good at like Super Smash Brothers or any of those games. Like I've just never had that mash the buttons, get like do that thing. So like, I'm, I'm just up... Like, uh, hopeless with video games probably for the best uh, that I, that uh, I'm not because uh, much better things to do um, when it comes to uh, to watching a uh, like let's 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 flip the uh, uh, the script a little bit and uh, and I'd say for, for some more constructive uh, time use when it comes to uh, taking in the sport of motocross do you find yourself ever watching older races? And I don't mean older races in 2016, but uh, 1996 or even later than that. Like, or and if you do, where what's your usual go-to as far as uh, um, a season or a, an era that you like to watch? Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I like to you know go on YouTube and just type in to go back and watch like a lot of like Carmichael's races and watch a lot of. James Stewart on 125 stuff. Yeah. Uh, even, even like, uh, races from, like, 99 with Pastrana and stuff like that, guys who just sent it on 125s. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 motocross is about the only thing on my mind most of the time. So if I'm not working, then I'm probably on YouTube, like, watching an older race or, whatever I can find, uh, yeah, old motocross videos and stuff like that. So, yeah, to answer your question, yes, I watch old old races often. Fair enough. Well, I, I was uh, blessed with uh, the fortune of uh, sending a uh, an external hard drive to one Tony Blazier, who uh, is an absolute moral historian in his own right, and he had a ton of uh, of, of footage to, to put onto that uh, external hard drive, sent it back to me, and I got an entire terabyte of old races. Uh, I'll have to bring that along with us so that we can uh, so we can binge on that when we go to, uh, when we're in Millville, my friend because it's uh like that in itself is uh is, is really really cool I, I got races from the 70s 80s 90s 2000s you name it a bunch of older uh, uh i don't have any terra firmas unfortunately i don't have those on dvd uh to get some of those but uh like i got a bunch of videos including my favorite my personal favorite i watch it every single day if i had to revelation 199 from travis pastrana back in 2001 phenomenal like video great soundtrack i was actually texting with travis about it like a week ago and like that that video still stands the test of time you can pop that in at any time yeah absolutely speaking speaking of travis's did did i tell you i'm going to this house you did and now i'm jealous (laughs) 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm over 4th of July. I'm, I'm going to go and uh, hopefully break myself on a side-by-side. I mean, hopefully not break myself on a side-by-side uh, art razor. So, yeah, that should be good. But, yeah, no, those, those, old, those old videos are awesome. I, I have, you know, quite a large uh, collection of old photos that I have on a hard drive for, for work, and I'll, I'll find myself, like, on when I'm looking for a Throwback Thursday uh, photo, you know, I'll go in the archives and grab a photo, and then next thing I know, I spent 30 minutes looking at black and white photos from 1977, and I'm like, oops, I need to get back to work. <laughs> you can definitely go down the rabbit hole of, of old school moto. It's easy to do, and especially when you're passionate about it. Um, what what do you what do you find is uh, the basis of of that nostalgia? Is is it uh, is it your uh, the the era that you grew up in? Is it kind of just that overall like the 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 grit and the the evolution of the youngest years of motocross being like the the early seventies, late seventies, where uh, men were men and and goats were nervous, as they say. Um, like, uh, what is it for you? Uh, I don't know. I just think it's cool to see, you know where the sport began, where, where, you know, how it evolved to where it is now. And uh, sometimes I think it's cool to like relive, you know, the stories that you've heard and then you find photos of it and you like try to piece things together. And then it's also cool to just go back and like relive, you know, Daytona 2003 or, you know, whatever, just to like look at the tracks or like, Oh wow, this, this photo is awesome. Or just, you know, multiple different, you know, you know whether it's you know Southwick shots or 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 whatever. It's just I don't know. It just it, it's so hard to explain. You just you you look at you're like wow they used to ride this. <laughs> like I know I grew my you know I grew up. My grandpa used to to, to race motocross and race enduros and stuff. And to just think about the the stuff that he used to ride and to hear his stories and then you know. To, to find a to find a photo from you know 1978 and to you know kind of put it to into, it kind of puts like the stuff he would tell me like into perspective and and stuff like that like the the, the bikes they rode then at the time they were you know they were the stuff but then you look at it and you're like wow that that's gnarly absolutely it's like the the race the the bikes the track uh, it, everything about the uh, the earliest years of motocross for me is just just spe- speaks of of guys who uh, just went out and did it they didn't uh, they didn't gripe about suspension settings they weren't worried about their setup they weren't worried about what uh, what color gear they had on although there there were some pretty sweet looking gear back then uh, it was more just about going out there and and bulldogging and charging in long motos and uh, like I said. Like seriously, men were men at that time, and not to say that they're not now. With uh, 35 plus two and uh, super hot, throwing around uh, motorcycles, and obviously this last weekend with those crazy ruts, those guys are are, are a level above as well. But um, some of those, those guys, uh, yeah, those guys aren't men; they're machines. Yeah, they that's true too. The, they surpass the men are men. It's the the elite. The men are machines. Those guys. Hats off to anybody who races a dirt bike professionally, and you know, the, yeah, that's all you can say is those, those guys are machines. <laughs> 
Yeah, and uh, we we saw that uh, in ever more evident, evident this weekend when uh, you see these guys that are they're are op- operating at uh, at altitude at uh, at some some pretty comfortable uh, uh, conditions as far as heat goes, but they were all firing on all cylinders and uh, and and like swapping positions, and especially in the 250 class. I couldn't believe how many passes. I can't even imagine how fast you were typing to get all of those those passes in. I got to imagine at least one time you had. Had a, uh, a a tweet um, typed that someone had made a pass, and then by then that person had already been passed back by that same rider. Yeah, pretty much. It just just keep keep the fingers going, just type 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 type. <laughs> no kidding. But it's oh, it. I, mean, I would much rather the race be that than to uh, oh hey by the way so and so's got thirty seconds. Oh, yep, not not a lot going on right now. Like uh, that that's that's when the races are just dated to drag on. I don't I don't like that. I don't want that. No kidding, nobody does. That's that's one of the things that hurts the sport as far as viewership goes because the race is uh, long over at the halfway point with a 17, 18 second lead. But uh, getting back to your uh, your Travis Pastrana point, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing all about your trip down to uh, t- down to Maryland. But uh, Travis Pastrana's ni- nu- uh, Nitro Circus Tour is coming to my town uh, Friday. Uh, the athletes will be in tomorrow. Looking forward to meeting a bunch of those guys, hanging out with them maybe for dinner tomorrow unfortunately tp himself will not be in attendance but um t- tell us let's talk a little bit about nitro man like i i, I remember i grew up watching the, the videos a fair bit obviously they're uh from when i was uh, about 17 18 maybe even older on and uh seeing that grow into what it's become really cool i've seen it once in an arena never seen it in a stadium have you attended one of those events before no i haven't and you know uh those guys, those guys are gnarly. The you know the nitro circus version of wheels, the wheels with the Z. He's a lot he's he's a lot more of a badass than I am. I just I just talk about cool stuff. He actually like hits ramps in his chair and all all kinds of other stuff. So hopefully whenever I go out there, we don't have like a wheels off because that guy kicked my ass. <laughs> Yes, I be- as far as badasses go and wheel like as far as like the wheels that I know, I've met uh, I believe his first name. No, what's his first name? Aaron? Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron, I I've met I've met him and uh that guy is is all business all the time and uh I think the two of you um I'm sure the two of you be good friends, but uh as far as uh hucking yourself, uh I'm going to I'm going to just leave that to the other wheels uh and uh and and you you with the typing and possibly breaking yourself in half on a rhino. Um but uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, like seeing these guys do what they do in person is incredible. The first time I ever saw, um, I believe it was, oh, what's his name? Um, it's not Sean. It the other Cantrell. Destin. Sorry. I I don't know. I don't remember what his name is. I'm not uh, sure. The fr- I'm bad with freestylers. Um, it was uh, yeah, Dustin Control. You're you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that yeah. that guy doing whips at Paula in 2013, getting like and it was his first day on the bike in like six months, and the thing was freaking sideways, upside down, and like just like as soon as he comes off the lip, just full pa- like 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 
full panic rev, brings that thing back. Like it's, it, to me, that is, is is incredible. And these guys are able to do like it's it's not maybe not the most um, like physically demanding version of the sport, but as far as athleticism, as far as flexibility, timing, you name it, uh, and the consequence that these guys put themselves at, it's hard to argue. Oh, yeah. I mean, those guys are skilled athletes and at the top of their game for sure. I have nothing but respect for freestyle guys and for, you know, Travis and his crew and all the Nitro Circus guys and stuff that they can do. I mean, they, they train, they work hard, they're professionals, and, yeah, they, they risk their lives every time they get on a, a motorcycle or a skateboard or a scooter or whatever it is they decide to send themselves down the mega ramp on. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Now, Wheels, I know everyone wants to follow you on social media. If they're not already, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram is the best way, at Wheels988. Twitter, I guess you can follow me on there, too, at Wheels988. Don't really use Facebook much other than for work purposes, but if you want to get a hold of me, Instagram and Twitter is you know, probably the best. Mostly, mostly Instagram, Twitter's just kind of work purposes also. But yeah, I, I'm always traveling. I've always got something going on or something stupid. Just yeah, if you if you like nonsense and dirt bikes, follow me. Hey, yeah, I'm a, I, I'm a follower and I enjoy it, my friend. I want everyone else to go do the same. This has been Wheels Wednesday. We will be doing this uh, over and over and over again until someone makes a stop and. Uh, or if they and if they don't, we'll just keep doing it. Uh, Wheels, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. Thank you so much for making some time. You get your uh, the rest of your evening's chores done. I got to get my hockey stuff packed up so that I can uh, go be an athlete the rest of the evening. I'll have this podcast available on iTunes by midnight tonight. All right, sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, and uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to you in three or four weeks. Mm-hmm.